0: Welcome back to 100.9 The Line, serving our community with information and news from both sides of the Mason-Dixon line. And we are practicing social distancing here on the line. We're having our interviewees call in instead of coming into the studio. And we are north of the Mason-Dixon line again. Holy smokes, I've been north all morning. Maybe that's why I'm having such a good time. I don't know. No, both sides. I have fun on both sides, but I'm north. I've got retired State Trooper Corporal Ed Ashbury on the line. Good morning, Ed.
1: Good morning, Mr. Rod. How are you, sir?
0: I am fantastic, and I am still feeling fine here on the Mason-Dixon line, man, and feeling fine. And I'm thanking you for calling in today. Uh, Ed, you've been a trooper. You were a trooper, what, 25 years? Give me a little bit of your background, how you started and what you up through the ranks, and then when you retired, please.
1: Well, I didn't know that that's where i was going to end up really um kind of uh originally from the pittsburgh area
0: oh i talk bad about pittsburgh Uh uh-oh uh-oh i'm sorry (laughs) i'm I'm a
1: transplant now all right franklin Uh county yep uh uh, started out uh in pittsburgh area working for a, a few different um companies corporations uh western psychiatric institute and clinic did about five years there working with the uh Uh, people there at the hospital and then went to the Federal Bureau of Prisons down in Butler, North Carolina. That was one of two psychiatric facilities at the time in the state. Uh, So got the really good background there. Spent about a year in Durham, North Carolina and then was invited back up to the Pennsylvania State Police Academy. Graduated there and I was placed in Franklin County, Chambersburg. Never heard of it before. Uh, made some connections, really good people in the area, and uh, decided to raise my family here for the last 26 years. So that's how I ended up here.
0: All right. Well, that's a fantastic story. And then you worked your way up through the ranks, and uh, you retired. When did you retire, Ed?
1: I retired. It'll be three years ago in
0: March. March, three years ago, and you were a corporal. Is that correct?
1: Correct. Yep. I was promoted to corporal. My last uh, few months, and then I had enough time to retire, so I decided to do that. Uh, With promotions in the state police, they send you where the need is. So I was stationed in Redding, Pennsylvania, and it was just kind of a far drive from Chambersburg, so I just... uh Figured it was time to do something different.
0: Yeah, I lived in Reading for a while, and it's a bad, bad place. Franklin County is a much better place, and that's why we love it so much. And in case anybody out there doesn't know it, Ed Ashbery and I have a special bond. We both have a birthday, April the 14th. However, I'm a few years older than Eddie, but it's still the same day, so we get to celebrate. Well, Ed, before we get into a couple questions, I just want to ask you and tell us how the COVID-19 pandemic has affected you personally
1: Uh, personally um we have not uh in my family have had anybody stricken by the illness uh just mostly the social distancing and the stay-at-home order um i have my one daughter had to come home from college so that's another nester that came home Uh uh And the kids are, of course, off from school, so Mm -hmm. trying to keep them busy with activities and being productive has been a challenge.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, come on now, Ed. You knew where I was going with this. You had a wedding planned May 20. (laughs) Come on now. You had a wedding planned May of 2020. And uh, what happened?
1: Well, as we were going through the process, things started to tighten. Uh, Our our venue down there at the loft had uh, suspended all operations the churches have closed the county courthouses closed for marriage application and licenses and uh, we were scheduled of course towards the end of May and with things not being quite sure what's going to be open and not open and how people feel about gathering we just decided that you know we would rather have everybody enjoy that day with us so we postponed it a year out
0: <laughs> and, and oh, I'm sorry yeah I had to get that in there that's just some of the fallout from this uh COVID-19 that people don't really think about as much. I mean, of course, you think about people losing jobs and out of work and unemployment and business shuttered and all these things. And then there's a whole raft of other things down the road. You know, here you had to postpone your wedding and replan. There's a lot of planning that goes into a wedding. And now you've replanned and scheduled for May of 2021. And of course, I'm going to share it. My gag with Ed's been, uh, well, I hope she doesn't back out. Got a whole other year. Or so. <laughs> what? I'll
1: give, her some, give her some more time to think about it.
0: Yeah. So, okay, Ed. Well, let let me get into, uh, you mentioned federal prisons. You were we worked in federal prisons. What do you think about this prisoner release program being presented by this uh, Commander Wolf?
1: Well, I, I looked into that, and at, at first glance, it sounds... Uh, not something that we really want to do until you take a look at it. And, uh, to date, I guess they started in April. Um, and it's for nonviolent offenders. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, people that haven't committed physical offenses, gun offenses, sex offenses. Uh, those people are not eligible. Uh, these are more of the white collar crimes, people with maybe some drug or alcohol problems, people that did some financial, uh, crimes, uh, things of that nature. Uh, but, uh, they were looking at the numbers. They projected, and here here's the, was the scare number, you know, 1,500 to 1,800 inmates will be released. Mm-hmm. Well, to date, there's been 124. Mm-hmm. Uh, and only five of those in Franklin County. And you can find their names. They're listed on the Department of Corrections website. Um, and essentially, to be eligible, they had to be within nine months of getting out mm-hmm. of their sentence or if they have complications uh with the covid you know the, the people with the predispositions they can go within 12 months and, and they're not just turned free on the streets they go to halfway houses they go to home programs they're monitored or supervised like parolees so they're just trying to do something to bring the numbers down in an overcrowded situation
0: well, and locally I know the prison was at, at capacity and actually they were sometimes they're paying people to take prisoners and it costs a lot more when you sub these, this this workout or send these prisoners to other other facilities. Uh, I think one of the biggest things about the whole prison release prisoner release program, uh, people saw that uh, maybe in Philly or some of these other areas where some of these prisoners got out and then committed a heinous crime uh, within 24 hours of being released all across the country and, and some in PA. So I think that's probably what some of the scare was and the worry and concern was. But uh, I'm, thank you for those numbers aptly pointing out that there's only been 124 and only five in Franklin County. And, uh, you know, somebody that uh, got high or something is out there on the street. Now he can he can go get his legal weed, and he was in jail for smoking a joint. So that, <laughs> that happens. Well, listen, Ed, it's, uh, oh, my goodness, it's 842. I told you have fun, and it goes fast. We've got to bounce out of here for a quick minute for a word from our sponsor. This is 100.9 The Line. Yeah. All right, welcome back to 100.9 online, serving our community with information and news from both sides of that Mason-Dixon line. And we're practicing social distancing. We're having our interviewees call in. I've got Mr. Ed Ashbury, retired Corporal Ed Ashbury. Thanks again, Ed, for being with me this morning.
1: Love to do it. Thank
0: you, sir. Well, we learned a lot uh, early in the earlier segment. We talked about federal prisons and the release program, and uh it set my mind at ease. There's only 124, and a couple of dope smokers are out in Franklin County now, uh, five of them, and and all, and that's not so bad. So now, Ed, I'm got to ask you. We've heard a lot of noise, a lot of noise out there. Uh, of course, Mastriano and some of the other local politicians. They're trying to buck. Commander Wolf's orders to stay closed up till June the 3rd. And in, in theory, there's not a whole lot of difference between yellow and red anyway. But a lot of these businesses are just dying on the vine. I've been almost two months with no income. A lot of them haven't received their unemployment checks. It's been seven weeks. There's a lot of noise about all these PPP programs and all these programs that are out there. In actuality, they're not that easy to get a hold of. And it takes a while. And the government runs out of money. So let me ask you. We've had the sheriff come out with a letter to the public, Dane Anthony. And he said, you know, we're going to support your constitutional rights. But you were a state trooper for a long time, so what is your take on this, and how the state troopers are going to have to respond uh, in the event it's something that, you know they've got a, they're directed to approach a business that is open that may not be on the essential list?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, in a way, they're kind of they're, they're kind of in the middle on this, uh, and, and by that I mean they take their marching orders from the governor. The governor oversees the Pennsylvania State Police through his commissioners that he appoints. Um, so. They're a direct line, direct order, so whatever the governor would direct them to do, they would have to do. Uh, On the other hand, I really, I would say, enjoyed seeing the uh, district attorneys and sheriffs stepping up. Uh, District attorneys coming out with statements that they will not prosecute for any citations uh, going against the order uh, just because of the way it's being presented. It can't be done equitable or fairly across the board, so they have decided not to do that, and I applaud them for that. Same way with the sheriffs coming out and, and uh, essentially backing the people. So as a law enforcement officer, uh, we would not, you know, we, we usually follow the direction of local law enforcement, you know, your uh, district attorney's uh, edicts or invites, and we would not uh, necessarily go to cite the businesses.
0: Mm-hmm. So, your, th- so. Th- your thoughts then are if you're a statey, and you're directed to approach these businesses that are open. So would they, would they go in? Do they have to log so many encounters and maybe they would just give a, uh, a warning? Or how does that work?
1: Well, and, and that, that's what the governor would have to outline, how if he were to ramp that up. And I, and I don't think he wants to touch that at this time um, because of all the issues that go with it. Uh, but he would definitely set the guidelines on, on you know like you said, warnings and, and issuance. But, uh, you know, as it currently stands with the DAs not accepting any charges, it would be a, a, a big change around on his part.
0: I got you. Kind of a moot point. But, you know, I wouldn't put it past this commander because he has called us cowards Cowards, and that is uh, documented. Cowards, even though President Trump said it's disgraceful the way Pennsylvania is being handled. Uh, Wolf has come out and said we're cowards for wanting to get back to work and support our families and put food on the table and be able to make a living. And I, I think that's the opposite. Apparently, he doesn't know what the definition of a coward is. Uh, apparently, but um, I'm sorry, I, I went down a little bit of a bunny trail there. I, <laughs> I appreciate that insight. Uh, because I haven't heard anything out of uh, the mayor yet, Mayor Beach, and about the local about the local PO. What would your stand? What would you think their stance should be? And I guess the same then. Uh, the local police, the Borough of Chambersburg, um, a
1: little bit different rules. Oh, really? Uh, local police, local police have to answer to the mayor, so they would go up upon his wishes and also the district attorney. So, uh, and I think he, uh, the mayor did come out early and said that. Uh, he was not going to enforce or cite any of the businesses uh, for closure uh, when when all this first kicked off, if I remember correctly. Oh
0: yeah, yeah, that was like six weeks ago. Though he hasn't come out. In any, <laughs> anyth- yeah, no, he hasn't come out in anything recently. But now. For some reason, they want to put these directional signs up at every road going into into Chambersburg. They've got them on 11, they've got them on 30, they've got them here and there, and COVID 19 uh, warning, uh, to lockdown, red alert, and all that jazz. Well, It's a scare tactic, and you know I've had, I've listened to people uh, even at the grocery store saying, "What's going on in here in, in Chambersburg? Is there has there been a big outbreak?" and all this stuff. And it's the it's the media scare tactics, and I wonder what purpose. That serves because that that's not going to make me drive downtown and go to the Square One restaurant or the Falafel shop or any of the other restaurants that are trying to stay open and do business and put food on the table.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. I, you do see that, and um, <clears throat> that word gets out, gets spread around, uh, and it takes a person to look into it. To, you know, make their own decision of what they're comfortable doing and not doing. Um, And just to back up a second, Rod, I wanted to just make this point. Uh, When you talk about the governor enforcement, I I, I think he came out with those strong words and those accusations of names uh, to show that he was serious, Mm -hmm. um, to kind of step up his game. And in the end, even though it may not be a citation, he still has all those permitting and permits that businesses need to open and operate that he can pull liquor licenses, occupancy permits, health permits.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so, yeah, he kind of has that ace trump card, if you will.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, that's a concern, of course, if you're a business owner, that he could pull your license to do business. Um, and I guess then it would go under some constitutional mumble-jumble and, and go down a law uh, trail, Is that do you think or not? I mean, if he pulls it, he pulls it, and that's the end of the story. Isn't there any recourse for a law-abiding uh, American citizen?
1: Well, at this point, they came out and said that he has uh, full backing uh, from the, um, uh, the courts on his emergency declaration.
0: So yeah, well, I think it would, it would stand. Oh, unfortunately, uh, the Supreme Court has never and never ruled against a governor in the history of the United States. So that's a sad thing there. All right. Well, Ed, we're out of time. It's 8.51. Thank you so much for your time. This is 100.9 The Line.